Rob. In the rough. Diamonds. Rough. In the diamonds. Welcome to Rough in the Diamonds, the show where we review the most out of place and iconic TV episodes. I'm David. And I'm Nathan. Dave, what could be worse than a hospital drama? You know, I've been thinking about that. Yeah. Perhaps a hospital drama in the form of a musical. <laughs> um, who would ever be insane enough to think that's a good idea? <laughs> yeah, here we are today as we are reviewing Season 7, Episode 18 of Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Yes, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. I think that is... Um, I think that is the correct English way to say it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's why I said it. In the past, you know, we've talked about how much we wish that shows would be creative. Not specifically Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) I can't even say it. (laughs) Just roll with it. It's fine. Just roll with it. Um, But in all the ways they could be creative, uh, (laughs) uh, this one um, was probably not the the one to choose. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... (laughs) They, they, they tried, they definitely tried, but they really face-planted on this one. Now today, with a very special guest, who we'll introduce in a moment, Season 7, Episode 18 of Grey's Anatomy, Song Beneath the Song. Run in the Diamonds. This is one piece of cinematic garbage that we just couldn't clean up all by ourselves, which is why we're delighted to have a special guest on the show to hold our hands and walk us through this musical episode. An incredible musician and comedian, she is an excellent human being and a little bit famous. Mary Amber, welcome to Rough in the Diamonds. Thank you so very much for having me on. (laughs) It's maybe a little bit uh, too soon to be thanking us. Uh, We should be apologising to you for forcing you to watch this thing. So, how did you like the episode? It was shocking. It was torture. I I watched the first 15 minutes and it was so bad that I had to stop. Um, (laughs) No, they're good singers. Like, they sing well. So, that's good. Like, they have good voices. It was it was like nice as like a series of cover songs. It's really nice of you to see the silver lining in that particular mushroom cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Mary, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, what it is that you do, and maybe what anything you might be working on at the moment? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Mary. I'm from Australia. I'm a musical comedian. Um, I kind of sing crazy songs about robots taking over the world, Doctor Who, zombies, ninjas basically not so stuff and uh, I've performed at comic conventions all around Australia and New Zealand actually did a couple of shows in America which was very very exciting obviously a lot of live shows have been cancelled but I've been doing a lot online and I've absolutely been loving Twitch and performing on there Uh, I've actually fundraised to make an album which is very exciting I haven't yet started recording it but that's Probably the next big project that I'm going to be doing is that album. And this is actually the first time I would be doing an album in a studio with a full production team. I've released a lot of EPs and albums in the past, but I've never 
had the uh, resources to be able to do like a full studio album, which is super, super exciting. So that's the next big thing that's probably going to be happening in 2021. That is really wow. exciting. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally think that being a, a guest on Rough and the Diamonds is probably going to be the peak of any musician's career. <laughs> I think so too. I'm very, very, very grateful to be here for this amazing show. <laughs> no, it's wonderful, wonderful to be invited. Actually, Dave and I were talking um, last night. We didn't realize that uh, since since we met you, we, we, we saw you performing live. You've been in our respective Spotify playlists for for as long really? as we can both yeah. remember. Yeah. And, really? Um, I'm really That's loving <laughs> at the moment, like my main jam is Nothing's In Your Way. That's on my, my like main playlist. I love it. No, that's so lovely of you. We watched the video clip together last night with all the, the ninjas doing flips. The ninja, we were just so like, good. Mary's going to do a flip at any moment. Just wait for it. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. Oh, gosh, no. I mean, like maybe if I've got a death wish. But it was pretty funny with that particular video. Um me and another friend in that video were sitting down and the ninja did a flip on top of us. Like they ran and flipped on top of us and then, you know, kept going. And they didn't tell us when they were going to do that. And later on, they told us that that's a very dangerous thing. And if it had gone wrong, like we could have ended up really seriously injured. Um, so they figured it would be best just not to tell us that it's happening. <laughs> Sorry. That, yeah, you know. Best to not stress you out, I guess. Yeah. It's just like you just die, you know, without knowing that it's coming or, you know, it works out. So so thank you so very much for finding me on there. That, that, yeah, that actually you're very means welcome. a lot. You're very welcome. <laughs> was, um, we didn't we didn't invite yes, you on the show because you're terrible. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. After the first, like, I think five minutes I was like I see what they meant I can see why this this episode is a problem um (laughs) (laughs) a few kind of really obvious things like the the lady that's all like dead and bleeding is lying on the thing all dead and bleeding but then she starts singing and she's like fully touched up with the perfect she's immaculate it's like but oh it's the same person why can't she just be like a zombie singing? Like, that just make it a little bit more entertaining? Just a smidgen more. I completely agree. So the first time I watched it as well, um, I had no idea that the lady singing was her own ghost. Yeah. It wasn't until quite a long way through I put two and two together and realized it was the same person. They did the throwback scene where they were like mm. somehow mystically. That was also confusing. But then, then I kind of made the connection. I'm like, ah. Mm. Gotcha. I was just like, as soon as I saw her, it took me a, a while to recognize that it was her. Like, I did recognize it in that scene, but I'm like, who, who's this person stand, just standing there and not helping in this car accident? <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, oh, it's her. I just thought of that meme. It's like, it's got the guy and he's pointing the gun to his own head. And it's like, don't trust anyone, <laughs> even, not even yourself. <laughs> or she's Have just like guys- looking at herself. Who would go to this hospital? Like, I mean, midway through surgeries, they're having their domestics. I mean, is, is this, is this a so thing? It's so bad, right? Everyone just hates each other. There is no oh, love between the characters in this. And, and I, I have to ask the question, like, every single person seems to be in a sordid three to four way relationship with with all sorts of problems. Like, from episode one was was everyone already in the hospital in these sort of terrible relationships or was it Meredith Grey being a part of this show that has completely destroyed, you know, a multi-billion dollar establishment? So is it actually, so I have a note to make. So she 
the titular character Meredith Grey barely makes an appearance in this episode. She's in it, but she's not the focus, and she barely Who speaks in it. <laughs> exactly, right? I think she's the main character. It's been on TV, can you yeah. believe this, um, for 15 years now, and it's still going. Uh, is this still it going? It started in yeah. 2005. I thought it finished. Okay, I, I thought it finished like 10 years ago. <laughs> I thought all the cast got old and died. It's been on for so long. So, Meredith, okay. Gray, which character is Meredith Grey? Describe the appearance so I, I have um, a bit of an idea. Plain. <laughs> she had... Um, uh, she, like, she's the one that is in... She's only in it briefly. She's in the bunk with her her boyfriend. They're the ones that they take a brief break in this yeah. just before the sexy time scene. She's yeah. lying down in like the, the bed in the hospital and she's like, oh, come back to bed. And he's like, he's like think talking about the situation. He's like, oh, if this happens, then she might not wake up. She might have permanent brain damage. Oh, she's the one that wants babies. And then the guy's like, yes. oh, yes, I that's right. The baby. She's the main character. It's yeah. telling that the main, no one knows who the main character is. I've never seen anyone watch The Simpsons and say which one was Homer. That's uh, honestly, she, maybe she was just like, I can see that this is a dumpster fire of an episode. I'm just going to take a step <laughs> back and let the rest of you do this. So I have a theory based on what you said, Nathan. You said that she's, oh, no, actually, no, what you said, Mary, that she's just ruining out this multi billion dollar hospital. And everyone was getting along perfectly until she showed up. But then she showed up and now she's working at things in the background and nobody realizes it. And she's just ruining it for everyone. So that would actually make this show so much more interesting if there was this master puppet lord doom person. Yes. Doom lord puppet master in the background, just like pulling the strings and like actually planning to like destroy the world and everyone comes in and gets terrible surgeries and it's all one big grand plan to that would be interesting i would like that and like maybe a doom layer and i can see this yeah meredith gray was born in the ussr and she's a sleeper agent for the kgb (laughs) (laughs) the programming's in the back of her mind and without her knowledge she's she's bringing down uh the american ecosystem one patient at a time (laughs) Put on your seatbelt. Put on your seatbelt. Put your seatbelt on. Put on your seatbelt. You know, I don't really care about other people. You're a danger to everyone else on the road. Truck came out of nowhere. So this episode starts off in a way you probably wouldn't expect, which is with a, a horrific car crash featuring main characters from the show. Wear your seatbelts, kids. It's a good lesson. Was this episode actually a safety... As an advertisement, a safety like warning in disguise as an episode. This is something we don't see in this entire episode. Where are the police interviewing Arizona for, for driving recklessly? No one questions her driving. She says once, the car came out of nowhere. And no one has any further questions about that. She's like a worse driver than Goku. The brake? Uh, now, which one was that? Um, It's it's at this point where, where Callie's reveals herself to also be some kind of ghost. And we see her in her broken physical form, but also her perfected uh, celestial form standing over herself, ready to sing. Yeah, I'm disappointed by this. She should be, like, dripping with blood and, like, a kind of, like, zombie person. It would have just added so much more to the show if she was singing while she was just, like, also, like, semi-decapitated. I personally would have been significantly more amused so my theory is that she's actually astral projecting herself. She's astral throughout projecting. the entire episode. 
That that's my theory anyway. So she's she's basically practicing witchcraft. Yeah, she's a witch. Did they do any supernatural stuff on the show? I thought hospitals were places <laughs> of science, no but um, but here we find ourselves. <laughs> the, the actual line they drop is that a, the brain is a mysterious organ, which is why, as the, the, the episode goes on, it's the argument that she hears um, all this singing that we'll be talking about very soon. Rewind. So the brain is a mysterious organ is, the is how they justify organ. the rest of this episode. Because mm-hmm, that right. connection is not made very clear. At all. Like, it just seems like they start singing for, for no reason They just whatsoever. start singing. And this is what got me, and we're so stuck on, like, the opening scene, but I think it just deserves punishment. I, I thought Meredith Grey, as the star of the show, would do the do the intro voiceover. It would make sense because we don't see her very much in the episode at all. But she does her own voiceover while her celestial form is standing over her body. I guess what I'm trying to say is there are three levels of celestial power at play here. You've got... <laughs> You've got physical body, ghost body, and then disconnected yeah. voice that can it's, break uh, the fourth wall. It's pretty impressive. She also goes back in time and she's just impressive. It's very impressive. So I, it's time for my theory. Um, her name is Callie, which is, of course, short for Calabrimbor, the maker of the one true ring worn by Sauron and uh, the wraith in the uh, Shadow of Mordor games. I remember my name now. I shaped the history of Middle-earth. I crafted the rings of power. That's a good pickup. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. It's definitely true. And you know what? One of the characters, one of the characters, 100% looks like a buff Samwise Gamgee. So I'm on board with this theory. <laughs> That's true. One of the guys in Scrubs looks like Samwise Gamgee if he's been working out. Yeah, let's just call him buff Samwise. I'm rolling with that. <laughs> so, so the episode is literally about Callie's brain being broken. And it just incredibly poorly set up that that's the reason. There was, if, if, if there'd been some further establishment, it would have helped. Yeah, it it was just the it was just the oh the brain works mysteriously, and then like at one point when she's getting wheeled into the hospital on the stretcher, she she very quietly says something about singing, and everyone's just like no 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 we've got to deal with her we've got to help her, and then that's sort of the one clue you get. And Mary, you didn't watch yeah. this as many times as us because they are rushing to introduce like twenty five million characters. Um, into this episode all at once <laughs> there's we cut to like a random surgical procedure where one of the other key characters in this episode mark is performing surgery and proclaims himself to be michelangelo so henceforth i'm going to refer to him as michelangelo um i like that i'm somewhat of an artist not picasso chagall michelangelo <laughs> I'm michelangelo he basically looks like the cocky the cocky surgeon, he looks like an egotistical lead singer from a band that nobody likes. That's that's like the vibe that I get from him. <laughs> sort of guy that makes you want to throw bottles at Nickelback. <laughs> Wait. Look at this photograph. <laughs> it's me getting blown up again. Let's try to bring some clarity to this universe. Callie, the injured person, was with her girlfriend, Arizona, in the car. California and Arizona. California, Arizona. We name our children after states. I'm going to call my firstborn Tasmania. <laughs> and Michelangelo is the father of Callie's unborn child. So out, out of the bat, we have a horrific car crash. We have ghosts and we have a 
very tense uh, love triangle. Now, it wasn't established throughout it, but was it? Was he the father because he donated or was he the father because there was some weird love thing going on earlier? I don't know. If someone's watched the show. I think from like one line, one very short line of dialogue that Arizona, I think her name is, says later, she says something about, oh, Mark, why did you sleep with my girlfriend? And and she, he's like, oh, yeah, we slept together. Big deal. This is, and, and this is consistent throughout the entire episode. I don't know whether it's because it's a musical episode, but a lot of the characters just don't seem very warm to one another, if that makes sense. It is like, in that hospital. <laughs> if, you, if you slept with this person, you'd, you'd imagine there'd be at least some, like, inkling of a relationship, but... Um, I don't know. There's, it's just very cold. Every relationship is very cold. Even the romantic ones, apart from their one cuddle scene, is, is very cold. And it's it's only this first key scene where the surgery starts on Callie that you get a rare glimpse into any character actually having an emotional response to their friend and colleague being inches from death. I think that's purely because the bridge of uh, the Snow Patrol song Chasing Cars that they sing kind of implies that someone has to actually have um, some feelings. I, I do have to say that they move on, though. Like, they get back to just bickering while mid-surgery, <laughs> you know? Like, it's, it's, not, it's not a permanent fixture, these feelings that we speak of. They do. I think that one nurse seems to have, like, some feelings throughout the whole the whole episode. And there's there's a second nurse that has tears in her eyes, but there's literally no other character. But I'd like to ask your thoughts here, Mary. This is this is where we need your expertise. How did you feel about the rendition of this first song? I actually have to say about all the musical numbers that they were beautiful, honestly. Like when I said there are redeeming features to this show, if you were looking at it purely as a musical concert and you removed the nonsensicalness of the plot line and scenery from it and you just listen to the songs they did a fantastic job all of the people singing have beautiful voices the production quality is epic they did a lot of layering of voices they harmonized beautifully together every single song is really well performed like the the singers are fantastic so hats off to them for the uh the vocals and the performances um for me for me the thing that i i found was problematic was it was the rest but um the actual (laughs) performances were great the problem for me was the entire rest of every single thing they did (laughs) it it was just it was it was a strange context to put it into and this is divisive it's a divisive thing some people love musical episodes of tv shows i am not one of those people despite being a musician Uh, For me, if it's a musical episode in a show where it works and it makes sense, then it's cool. But if it's a show which is realistic, dramatic, uh, more serious, and you start to really form connections with the characters and you start to really get into that world, if that makes sense, if you start to become a part of that world, um, I find a musical episode just breaks the illusion and it kind of shatters it like glass because suddenly... The characters are nothing like the characters. The world is not operating like the world you've gotten used to. And it's just like if we suddenly walked out on the street and, you know, everyone was singing rather than talking and, you know, everyone did dance moves, it it would just be like, okay, 
everything I knew about this world is is wrong. Uh, I like to see the characters as their characters rather than as actors. And that's kind of what that does for me in those types of shows. So from the outset, they kind of, they were not going to be able to win me over with this, probably mm. no matter what. I think my favorite was when they played how to save a life while they were doing the surgery to save her life. I was like, oh, the literalness, the literalness. <laughs> yes. When the episode started, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, they are definitely going to play how to save a life. It's in a hospital. <laughs> we're going to do surgery. They're going to play this. And I predicted it. I was so happy they did. I think my favorite was when they were saying, first, you say we need a talk while they're all wearing masks and clearly quite having quite a lot of difficulty communicating through them. I'm like, (laughs) perfection, perfection, in the sense that it's so wrong and so inappropriate, it's perfect. But I I agree with you that there was was plenty of space to to maybe build on this idea and do it appropriately. You know, there was 12 people in that room, including her ghost, and heaps of background people, and it wasn't like the whole room was singing and dancing. They had clearly selected the main cast that were capable of singing well. But if it was this room full of people singing and her eyes were open and she's freaking out because she's hearing these songs and she knows she shouldn't and she's going insane and she's getting this surgery at the same time and what is going on? It's even worse than my brain's broken, my body's broken. There's so much room for that to be like compelling, scary like television, I think. But they didn't. No, they didn't do that. So I guess the main problem is the rest of the cast were mere surgeons who can't sing. So I guess. But even the surgeon, like the whole thing was, for me, the whole thing was like any other, I haven't seen other episodes of this show, but from what I gather, it would be like any other episode. They just happened to be singing. Like Mm. the scenery didn't change. It didn't warp into like clearly a delusion. Like I wouldn't have known that it was a delusion. Right. It's kind of like they went halfway. They they just said, okay, we'll add the singing, but we'll keep everything else the same. So it, I feel like it almost would have been better if they went the whole way and then made it really obvious that it was like this th- scene or things that are playing out in Callie's head, because then you could tell from the get-go, oh, this is obviously like a, a really weird dream mm. sequence, I guess. But they just sort of went halfway and it didn't really work. And this is the thing with these like out of place episodes. You can't pull your punches. If you're going to do something that is so crazy as let's have a musical episode, just like don't halfway commit, like mm. go insane with it. And and a fun fact from this, they only use songs that were had already featured on the show as background music. So they already have this artificial restriction on themselves in terms of their song choices, they couldn't pick songs that would have suited the episode. They had to take the round blocks and force them in the square holes. The fact that they were all cover songs for me was actually one of the things I found very strange. Because if you're going to have a musical episode where you're singing things that are actually relevant, like as in you're singing what you would otherwise speak, Mm. that would make more sense to me. Like if it was an actual musical episode rather than, just a series of random cover songs set to scenes. I think that would have made more sense. I don't think it would have saved it though. Like, yeah, honestly, I don't think that would have saved it. So maybe they just went with what was easier. Yeah. And there's no establishment. Like maybe she was listening to a a playlist and these were the exact songs she listened to before. But I mean, if it was me 
who was in that situation and there was some song playing through my head. I just know I'd end up with the most like hellish audio scape imaginable. For me, it would 100% be All Star by Smash Mouth. Because indeed, somebody once told me the world was going to roll me, and they did roll me when I was in that car accident. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mary, what would you... I'm not going to save this. No, you, you, you've, you've, you've dug your own graves, guys. <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> You're next, Lieutenant. I just lay why are you perspiring, Lieutenant? Don't quite know. Doesn't sound like you, Jordy. I'd apologize, but I won't go very far. Of course. But I would like to run uh, one or two more tests on you, Lieutenant. Get straight. <sighs> if the song is in her brain, which we've established now, her brain is broken, she's hearing people sing around her. How could they possibly be singing in another room? She's uh, astral projecting celestial being of multiple dimensions. As See, we this are. is the only justification. <laughs> yeah. This is the only actual justification that there has to be some supernatural energy at play here. I think, I think it's relatively clear that this, this episode makes little to no sense and of what you can pull together into some sort of logical sense, even that's executed questionably. So <laughs> I, I think that it's, it's a bit hard to dig deeper into that. It's more just meant to be fun, I think. I don't know. It's a weird episode to just have fun with, though. It's a, it's a straight because they're involving potential, like, child death. I mean, it's just a really weird episode to decide to do as a musical episode. Right, because it's got it feels like the stakes are really high with with this at least we can assume a main character who is potentially going to die. She's on a deathbed and then they're just like, Hey, let's make a musical episode of it. Yeah, and there's also like a baby involved. Yeah. We could have picked something that was more mundane and and sort of livened it up with with some music. Yeah, so, like if they had some patient with like mental issues come in and they were having the delusions, that would make yeah. that would make it more fun. But this episode, I feel like if they had opted to do this as a regular dramatic episode of the show, as boring as that is, they would probably have their audience in tears. Like they could really yes. deliver that. But in the end, what you end up getting from this show is a lot of cringing and then relief. Because they, they, they chose Kelly for this because her, her singing voice is so good, but... Her acting in this is exceptional. When she is on that bench crying and shaking, you just feel like this this is actually a human being who fears for her life and her unborn child's life and is just terrified and doesn't know what's happening. Like she just and but she portrays it through her eyes. It's incredibly yeah. good acting. So that's, yeah. and that's across the board. Like as I as I said earlier, the performances were immaculate. Completely agree. Like the and- vocals were perfect. The acting I can't speak on as well because I'm not an actor, but I was convinced by all of them. Some of them might have been not as good actors as others, but I'm, I'm again, I'm not an actor, so I wouldn't have seen that. I want to clearly state on the record, when Dave and I inevitably write and produce the Australian version of The Office, there's definitely going to be a place for you on there, Mary Amber. Why, thank you. Arizona was in this car crash too. Like, if you're in a car crash, you're wearing a seatbelt. That's still, you have a very high risk. And it was with a truck. With a truck. 
That was a that was a dead stop. That was a hundred. Hey, y'all should be dead. <laughs> so I want to give that girl a checkup, or are we just cool with her just hanging around the hospital. Yeah. We had a couple of band aids on her head. She, was... she did a bit. She did Sorry, quite guys. a lot later. Yeah. Sorry guys, we have all available surgeons working on this one person. All surgeons are busy right now. But this is the thing, Mary. Like trying to like reassemble the plot of this is like trying to unmash a potato because there's just <laughs> there's dirty chunks flying everywhere. We get for some reason. That. There's this, like, Command and Conquer Red Alert 2-style graphics scene where a helicopter lands and a more expensive red shirt doctor shows up in her fake helicopter and gets angry at everyone. (laughs) Which is super brief and then passes and then it's like it never happened. Now, Dave, is this the point where the, the surgeons are kind of making light of Callie and the baby's death? Um... Maybe, I think, because I remember this is during the first song or towards the end of the first song, I think. And you see buff Samwise Gamgee yes, that's standing right. outside. With Meredith Grey. Yeah, they're standing there chatting while Samwise is eating his chips and they're just casually like looking into the surgery room. Meredith says something along the lines of... Yesterday we were at our stupid baby shower. You can be Callie's baby's godmother. And then yeah. Sam Samwise is just all like, oh, you know... And there's a baby to godmother. Like, and then the conversation immediately switches and they're just speaking about, like, chips or relationships or something. Hickeys, yeah. You've got a hickey on your neck. Yeah. But that that sort of runs throughout the whole thing. The they whole they do not care if their own friends and colleagues live or die. It is, a, it is no consequence to them. These are terrible, terrible human beings. Yeah, because they do they do a lot of crying over their own situations. Like, you see that throughout the whole thing, which is what fuels these emotional songs. But... The, the only interest I see is self-interest. I, I, can't, I can't imagine that would be the whole show. I'm thinking it's just... <laughs> oh, I can. I can. I don't know what this sort of blasé nature to the actual crux of the plot is supposed to, supposed to accomplish. It's, it, it pulls me out of the intensity of it by displaying that it, it's just an, a non sequitur. Um, we jump to, like, Michelangelo having a, a yelling match with Arizona. And and this is this is sort of the the sole place where you get to see an emotional response to this issue is the two of them fighting and then making up incredibly quickly afterwards. <laughs> yeah, after some really harsh words are said, you are nothing. You are nothing. I'm the father. I'm the father. You're not anything. You're nothing. Very believable. Average, man, calm down. Jeez. But doesn't blame her for the crash. Like, you think this would be the, you know, the point of discussion here is like, you crash the car. It doesn't come up. Yeah, could you have watched where you were driving, maybe? Yeah, yeah what happened? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, not, I get important. to choose what happens. Yeah, because you're the one who killed her. Oh, that gives you the right. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. And like, uh, and it's, it's in the scene where, where Kelly travels back in time and she replays the scene of her sitting in the car with Arizona. Mm. And it's like, okay, if she had the ability of time travel, why didn't she go back and warn herself to wear a seatbelt? <laughs> and then we could have avoided this episode entirely. <laughs> Your argument that this is not playing out in her brain, but she actually <laughs> possesses the capacity to travel back in time and influence the past. Maybe. I mean, if she, she, if she had that ability, why did she not use it? She took her seatbelt off. Just t- tell you to just wear your own damn seatbelt. 
Like they went back in time only to procrastinate over the point. Oh, actually, actually, I do really love you. Yes, yes, much love. And actually, I, I think Arizona turned around and said, put, you, put your seatbelt on like 10 times. And she's like, I was going to talk about how much I love you. And it's like, put the seatbelt on. I love you. I put your seatbelt on. I love you. And that's, and then she dies again. It's like, yeah. Um, and, and sort of, th- is this how the car crash happened? Did Arizona crash her car? Because she wasn't paying attention to the road, because she was telling Callie to put her seatbelt on. From what I from what I gathered, she was meant to be proposing to her. Yeah. How romantic is that? Just in the middle of a drive somewhere. Yeah. Just, yeah, this is <laughs> this is the time to do it. This is the time. Like not in a restaurant, not like a nice park or anything. Just just while on a casual drive. This is this is the time to do it. That's yeah. That's I, I've got to keep my eyes on the road, but here's a ring. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like I have to along that line I have to say that my ideal situation to propose would be a 2am Macca's run just driving to Macca's <laughs> 2 in the morning hey I love you let's get married while eating cheeseburgers I feel like they they kind of even though it was sung pretty well for the most part I feel like they just kind of threw in this sexy time song just to lighten the mood but it still kind of felt out of place and well, it's very useful as someone that doesn't watch the show because you're like, oh, that person is with that person? Yes. And that oh. person. <laughs> Meredith and Derek, Christina and Owen, Bailey's got Eli, Krebs with Lucy. Even Teddy's got that tumor patient husband. Yes, because you can be like, okay, these are all the couples that are like in love or in hate or whatever it is. Maybe the show's show. just generally confusing, so they have to highlight it every episode so people can keep track of what's yeah. going on. I like that. I like that theory. And did you guys notice, this is just a small point, but during that scene, Buff Samwise appears to live in a trailer. It's this really narrow room with, like, you can see the bed, and you can see the bed from the kitchen, but it's, like, really, the kitchen is really narrow. So does he live in a trailer? It kind of makes sense. Like, I don't know, but if you're, like, a super hardworking surgeon person that's in the hospital, like, 20 hours a day, then why not just get like a cheapo van for the four hours that you're only going to be sleeping? Kind of yeah. makes sense. It's, it's very thrifty for someone with a salary that large. Yeah, like it's a oh. trailer, but it's a really nice trailer. Maybe he's an itinerant surgeon. Maybe he travels from hospital to hospital doing all the surgeries no one else wants to do. Listen, my, my theory is that they mostly just stay in the hospital. At one point, one of the people was asked, are you going to sleep in the hospital? I know that's something some people do. Like I, I knew when I was studying, because I studied commerce law at Sydney Uni, I knew a bunch of people who worked professionally in like commercial law and consulting and banking and stuff. And some of them would literally sleep at the office because they're that committed to their jobs. And it seems like that's a thing in a lot of different professions where some people are just really career oriented. Maybe that's just it, you know, that's how I see it. It just has everything yeah. you could ever need. Even, even I've seen a couple of medical shows and a lot of them, they have like rooms where people can just sleep if they're, you know, I guess if there's a big surge- surgery happening and they're really needed there and they don't really have time to go home, they can just crash at the hospital for a couple hours, wake up and then be back at work straight away without having to drive. So that does make sense. Well, just like if I was in that position, I'd consider that. The t- there's two big things that this um, this scene really shows for me. One is... Everyone's having fun in the midst of this terrible episode and it completely demolishes the attitude that I'm meant to be having to this 
episode of worry and fear for Callie. Um, everyone's having a great time and has forgotten all concern for her. A question, do you ever feel worry or fear for Callie? I think the first scene I did, the first surgical scene, but yeah, apart from that, that not. really intense. Yeah. It was, it was still like, it wasn't focused, you know what I mean? Like, let's waste time. And the second key thing, and this is probably much more important, is that as a ghost, she can travel a very, very long way from her host body. <laughs> Her, her colleagues do not yeah. care for her, but she still visits them in their homes to uh, spy on them in their intimate moments in the evening. <laughs> I she mean, actually, she's got the power. <laughs> she's, so she's a peeping Tom as well. She's a peeping she's, Tom. She got the ability of astral projection. She's like, yes, my dream has come true. They're like, well, we've got this fun song. We better have them doing something fun. It doesn't matter that that's not even the intention of this yeah. episode at all. And there are some which... The songs didn't really fit other than like, you know, how to save a life. But that was still felt very on So the literal. I wanted to hear some and- drowning pool. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just disappointing that they didn't like whip out some heavy metal growls just, you know, <laughs> exactly. in the anger scenes. <laughs> Mary, do you have any songs that would have fit well in this episode? I don't know. Going off how they're doing this show, they could have put any one of the songs in and it, they just, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, it means nothing. Just put in one of my Doctor Who songs for no reason. I don't know. It, it doesn't seem to matter too, too much. Or if they wanted to do one like How to Save a Life, they could have, you know, put in Wonder Alone while one of them walks off on their own or something. I don't know if they wanted to go super literal. I, I, I take a different stance in the sense that, for me, none of the songs really fit. Like, maybe mood-wise, sure, but the, the lyrics had nothing to do with it. Like They were here, like, singing about having a conversation and working out, you know, their relationships. And, and chasing cars. How to Save a Life is actually not about saving a life. It's, it's, a, it's a metaphor, um so it's almost like it's almost like you know the people that say you let the cat out of the bag and someone goes what cat it's like you completely misunderstood what that sentence means it's like you completely misunderstood what that song is about it's it's not that so not only can people astral project in this universe but like our metaphors (laughs) not like our similes and metaphors just not a thing they hear them you just got literary like um, well, like that guy from um, Guardians of the Galaxies. What's his name? Um, yes, the big guy, Drax. Drax. And people tell him metaphors, and he just doesn't get it because metaphors yeah. aren't a thing to him. Is th- is that what everyone is like in this show? They just don't understand <laughs> metaphors. Or Kelly well, you know, doesn't understand metaphors because it's allegedly in her brain. I think looking for sense amongst this is 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 a fruitless there's no logic to this episode yeah there's no logic to the songs or the plot or any of it i think that sort of aptly sums up this podcast looking for sense in the episodes is fruitless and i, I think you really <laughs> pin down what we do here <laughs> we understand what it's like when your business has problems with internet or phones it can feel like you're being asked to perform open heart surgery Switching on are the proud sponsors of Rough and the Diamonds and the best telecom physicians. Switchnode diagnose your telecommunications issues, then treat the problem, so you're not left dealing with the symptoms. If you're a business leader in Australia, then consider checking in with Switchnode at switchnode.com.au.
Another song I really felt we should have had was Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. I feel like that really would have taken this episode to the next level. They had some mention of prayers at one point. One of them's like, oh, Kelly wouldn't have wanted you to pray. And then the other one's like, I've been praying this whole time. Okay. I'm not a screenwriter, but I'm not entirely certain what those few lines had to do with anything. I think Arizona came up to him and she's like, oh, you should, you know, pray. And he's like, yeah, I haven't, haven't stopped praying since this started. And then he could have gone into living on a prayer and have um, brown haired doctor. He could have really gotten into it. He could have been done the like, whoa, living on a prayer. That would have been you like know what? his element. You know, I, I think they probably did it. And then they had to cut the show down because <laughs> oh. there is no other explanation for those lines. <laughs> did, um, what was that song you really liked, Dave? Um, with, I, I never caught his name, Brown Head Doctor. Yes, I think it's the third song. And he's really belting it in there. It's kind of, it almost, even though he sings well, it almost sounds comical because he, he's just like, calm down, guess right. He does that like it's country arise. sort of thing where every every single sound has the letter R in it somewhere. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Some people, I mean, some people have different inflections when they sing. I personally find it strange when people do the uh, current hipster um how can i tell you that sort of <laughs> you, you know you hear it quite a lot and then there's a lot of people doing the little girl voice not just girls singing with the little girl voice i yeah i you know that sound that that's uh, very yeah, yeah, yeah. yes but like they, they, these uh these these vocal inflections are pretty common maybe it's just like some people just sing funny when they sing you know yeah it's just a yeah. th- it's, it's just a thing i love it again um, not ripping on the mic i can't sing to save my life so oh oh i get it see say save the life in the hospital <laughs> i oh, see what you did God. there good good in that song we we're just talking about one of the lines is he goes it's in our eyes it is how we operate and i'm like okay they threw it in because he said operate because they're in an uh, operating room it just oh, ties smart. the whole episode together yeah Everything makes sense now. It's actually the best episode in the series. You mentioned, Mary, that it would be, well, that you're not a screenwriter, though I think you'd be a much, much better screenwriter than any single person working on this show. I'd personally hate to be the the sound effects guy in this episode because just like, we need more, more, like, meat noise and some clipping noises. It is just the strangest thing to combine. Like, there's so many contradictions. When you mix it with, like, random slurping and, like, glugging sounds, you mix it with, like, everyone's wearing a mask. So, theoretically, they shouldn't be able to project properly anyway. Like, rather than how to save a life, it should be how to save a life. You know what I mean? (laughs) If if we're thinking realistically here, like, it it doesn't work with the idea it doesn't work with the concepts i'd be curious to see how it could be done right it takes some mensa level stuff to figure this out we still haven't yeah not gonna lie we're just we're doing what we can but oh, can't polish a turd as they say it's it's shocking to know that this surgery is a success who saw that coming i think the musical score gave me too much hope too soon and and you know what you know what happened so in i think it's the last song of the episode kelly and she's out projecting herself into her own room. She's like looking at herself on the mm. bed 
And at this point, she's, she gets really into the song and she starts yep. belting it. And she's a really good singer. So that was this bit was actually kind of cool. She starts shaking the bed and you can see the bed moving. So even though she's an astral projection, she can physically interact with the world. I have a theory. What if, what if her powers increase the more she's singing? Because she's getting really into the song. Oh. And then she starts shaking the bed. And then shortly after, there's maybe another minute or two of the song, like sings the last verse in the bridge. And then she wakes up. up. She looks at herself in the bed. And then the person in the bed wakes up and looks back at her astral projection. And when the eyes meet, that's when she gets back into her body. She communicates with herself. Yes. The surgery totally didn't save the life. She saved herself by astral projecting herself back into her body. And she sings, I think the song is like, I was made for you. And it seems like she's singing it to her baby, but then you realize she's singing it to herself. Deep. Also, just as a side note, did anyone else find that baby really creepy? The E.T. baby. Yeah, it was a really creepy thing. Like that didn't look like a baby. That I don't know. I don't know what that was. That was <laughs> the stick insect that they pulled out of her body. <laughs> it was, a, it, and it, and I thought you know they were just using like a little plastic doll, but then it started breathing, and then it was this real uncanny valley kind of. Yeah, it was. It was disturbing. I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Because I thought it looks a bit too. Well, I, I hesitate to say the word good. Like, I thought it looked, didn't look like CGI. I didn't think of that. But yeah, they for this episode, they built an animatronic baby. I found, I found it a little bit disturbing. I was um, eating at the time and I had to, I had to pause briefly. <laughs> so. Yeah, can't blame you there. Yeah, I, I'm still upset that her astral projection wasn't like some sort of creepy zombie thing. <laughs> is, yeah. it, have you, is it hocus pocus i don't know you know where the, the people die but then they stay as projections in their like their last form oh, they were when they... like beetlejuice Ma- beetlejuice maybe it was beetlejuice and they just say in their last form that's, that's what it should have been that would have been amusing <laughs> i would have loved that i think one thing that would have really helped this just a thought from me is if she was like as a ghost going through the stages of grief, exhibiting some... And the music actually could have helped establish that. Maybe if she was actually going through some some elements of of dealing with this herself rather than just standing around singing. It was probably only the final scene that I felt that she had any sort of emotional connection with her own sort of status in trying to make herself wake up. I don't know, because if she'd come to terms with it and grieved with the loss and moved on, it would have made sense if she just then, you know, died. Mm. She didn't die. Is there anything else you think might have uh, might have rescued this episode, Mary? I mean, if it depends on the person watching. <laughs> so I think that for me personally, going off what I've gathered about this show itself, um, I don't think I would watch the show itself. So there's there's a point for starters. Um, but off the type of show that it is, I don't think a musical episode would really have worked anyway. And if it would have worked, it would have have to have been something like you guys suggested, which I hadn't thought of, which is something all out in a scenario where it's not actually something serious. So f- for me, I I think that singing wise performance wise they did as good as they possibly could the actors the performers hats off to them vocals some of those actors have inc- 
incredible voices, beautiful voices. And they're, they're good actors. They're, they're attractive people. There's a lot of budget there. The show, the, the cinematography is great. They did everything they could considering the type of show plus musical that they were trying to put together. And I, I just don't think it would have been salvageable for me personally because of my preferences. Maybe someone else though. Maybe for someone else. Well, Mary, we, we're approaching the, the final segment of our show where with ignorant prejudice, we give our views on what this episode must have been about based only on our viewing of this one episode. Oh, you mean what the show must have been about? What the show Grey's Anatomy must be about. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a way of being smug and superior. They're ignorant. You bring me the rough, but never a diamond. Stupid and narcissistic. Just push the too far this time, man. They learnt nothing. Self-righteous life forms were eager to prosecute, to judge anything they don't understand. I don't understand. Lucky you said. Sorry? What? What the? <laughs> Was it something I said? Witches, ghosts, demonic powers from the dark realm musical numbers and also a hospital and someone named Meredith Grey. Welcome to Grey's Anatomy, the show where haunting starts early and Calla Brimbor learns to maintain her wraith form. Empowered by the hate all characters feel for one another and their endless conflict, she and her child use the pretense of working in a hospital to fuel their burgeoning vengeful ghost power. The show goes on to be about Arizona's court appearances and imprisonment for reckless driving uh, and her incarceration. Oh, and there's also some stuff about a group of bad people working in a hospital together, creating their own endless drama and threesomes. And that's what Grey's <laughs> Anatomy is about. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. There it is. So in the universe of Grey's Anatomy, which misleadingly does not center around Meredith Grey, critically injured people gain the ability of astral projection as a last ditch effort for survival. But one such survivor of a car crash, Callie, is also able to possess human beings and cause them to spontaneously burst into song. But how did she gain this peculiar and previously undocumented ability? This is what we explore in the show of Grey's Anatomy the hospital is just is it just happens to be the hospital that she gets taken to when she discovers it on top of her regular astral projection ability which she gains from being in a critical condition from the car crash is where she additionally discovers that she can make people sing which is what she had from having ligma before she was in the car accident i'm thinking it's just a giant slaughterhouse disguised as a hospital and it's one big long mental game where they're all slowly going crazy you can see this already from various relationships and bouncing back and forth and eventually they're all just going to kill each other uh it's it's a very dark show it starts bright and happy but then you know it gets very dark Whoa. that's that's how it I can see it. I mean, like, if, if, if I saw this show, I, I would be like, whoever comes to this hospital is doomed. Let's be real. So it's it's not really a hospital, is it? You go to a hospital to be saved. Anyway, there we are. Dude, that's a good take. That's amazing. 
the hospital with the, <laughs> the least amount of recovery. So. It's actually just, just a morgue. You, co- you recover in spite of the surgical assistance. <laughs> Not because of, in spite of. So, Mary, it's been an absolute delight having you with us today. Would you mind sharing a few places where people can get in contact and find out more about your work? Absolutely. Thank you so, so very much for having me on. Massively appreciated. My name is Mary Amber, spelled M-E-R-I-A-M-B-E-R. If you Google that, I'm pretty much the only thing that shows up because my name is spelled strange. So you can find my website, you can find me on uh, Twitch. I do a lot on Twitch, I mentioned earlier. Also Twitter, Instagram. I just got a TikTok. Thing scares the hell out of me. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm on there too. There's a whole lot of stuff out there. Um, but if you look my name up, then you'll find everything you need. And the hub of it all is really the website, the Twitch channel, and maybe the Discord. They're kind of probably the most active places at the moment. But I am hoping to do more on uh, YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and all the other places as well. I'm Nathan, and you can contact me on Twitter at Good Jibes Only. And I'm David, and you can contact me at Rough in the Diamonds Memes on Facebook and Instagram. All right, Dave, we're not well yet. Next episode, we're heading back into the hospital. That's right, Nathan. For our next episode, we'll be jumping into and having a look at Scrubs, Season 6, Episode 6, My Musical. Definitely, this will be a breath of fresh air. Yeah, especially after this dumpster fire we have just had to search through. I think this one will be a good example of how to do a musical episode right. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to it, actually. It's going to be a really good, fun episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is going to be funny and good. And the songs are going to be well chosen and everything's going to be great. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Special thanks to Scott Buckley Music and Headshot to the Heart for our interstitials and always to our sponsor Switchnode. Most of all, thank you for joining us, Mary Amber. This has been an amazing, amazing time reviewing what was not an amazing episode with you. <laughs> thank you so very much for having me on. This was, it was pretty fun. I kind of like the alternate universes we came up with a lot more. They were they were a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> That was good. And, and you helped make this episode just a little bit more bearable for us. So thank you very much. It was an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you. All proceeds from this episode go towards Ligma awareness and lig- oh. Ligma treatment. We're perfect combined. say this with sincerity your work is amazing i've actually seen you on twitch and you do like four hour sessions yeah twitch is very long form content in general um like it's very strange because different streaming platforms have different expectations like if you were to stream on instagram or facebook people expect you to be on for like maybe 20 minutes half an hour Mm. On YouTube, it seems to be like an hour, maybe two hours. But on Twitch, some people stream all day, like five days a week. It's, it's just a very different environment. But I, I do four-hour concert streams twice a week and a live songwriting stream. And honestly, I'm pretty ranty, so I'll just go off on random rants and rambles as well. It's not like I'm just 
uh, singing the whole time. It's pretty interactive. There's a lot of chatting. There's a lot of little videos as well and music videos and skits and stuff. You really keep your energy up for the whole thing. And without like a live audience to do that. I mean, Dave and I have done our fair share of shows and busking um, through Brisbane. So uh, we know what it's like to sit on a, a street corner and have someone sort of jingling the change in their pocket as they walk by and tr- keeping that energy up. We know what it's like to be jumping around a stage. And like you get tired, but I can't imagine four hours of punching that out with a camera pointed at me and then finishing up with the same amount of energy as I started. I'm I'm in awe of how you do that. I have have a lot of natural energy. It's actually a bit of a problem. Um, I guess in I can't I can't drink caffeinated drinks beyond 4 p.m. and things like that. So it's like actually a thing with energy. It's interesting though because like my mum always like she says of my my streaming, she's like, forget the singing and the talking and everything. You're standing up for four hours. My mom's like, just that in and of itself, just standing and carrying around instruments. But I was like, I I. I did it sitting for a while and then my butt hurt and I'm like, I'm just standing so my butt doesn't hurt. Like <laughs> <laughs> the the little animations and stuff you have are like really professional. Like no, it, thank they're, you. they're very, I'm sure you get this feedback all the time, but they're very, very, in case you don't, they're very, very smart touches. The ones that are drawn in my style, they're all hand drawn. And no. Animated. Oh, no way. The, it's uh, awesome. But the Capamon is a plugin. So you um, drew those. Those are all your the, the, actual handiwork. Not the Capamon, not the cat. The the pixel all, all art one I the, didn't do. But the, all yeah. the other bits of animation on the screen. Yeah, the other things. Yeah, That's like the crazy rockets good. and the those oh, things. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow! Thank you. That, that brings like a whole another level of appreciation. Like I, I wouldn't know that I, I, it sat so well with your um, your vibe, and it obviously suits mm. what you do. I thought, wow, she must have just gone really far to find a professional studio of these that you can roll out. Wow. But I wish. I wish. <laughs> well, look, it's working. It's, it's very, very good. Thank you. 